Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Praise God. This is lesson number five on cooperating with God. And we've been teaching on the importance of this particular subject. And last week we saw that Moses was kept out of the promised land because he failed to do what God told him to do. He chose to act on his own emotions, then act on the word of the Lord. God said for him to do what? Speak to the rock. And what did he do? He struck it twice, didn't he? And we explained that. And the reason why he struck the rock twice is because he yielded to his feelings and emotions. He allowed anger, frustration, also pride to get in his way. And he chose to do it his own way instead of God's way. And that's the reason we are told that he was kept out of the promised land. Now as we continue our study, look at John 16, verse 33 from the Amplified Bible. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. Why? For I have overcome the world. I deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Man, if that's the only verse we've read here tonight, wouldn't that be enough in itself? We're to be of good cheer. Now, Jesus said that we're going to have trials and tribulations and there's going to be distress. There's going to be anxiety, worry, discouragements. All these things are going to come our way. He actually said in another place in Matthew that the storms of life will come to each and every one of us. But notice he says, but be of good cheer. Does that sound like something to cheer about? I don't think so. But he tells us why we could be of good cheer because he's conquered it all for us. So what we're trying to bring out is this. Jesus knew the importance of our cooperating with what he's done for us above our feelings and emotions and not allowing them to dictate to our lives. In Deuteronomy 28, he knew these scriptures, 47 and 48. Look at what they say. Because you serve not the Lord your God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore, you will serve your enemies, which the Lord shall send against you in hunger and in thirst and nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon your neck until he's destroyed you. Whoa. Take your pick. We can choose to cooperate with God and just say, I'm going to live a joyful, thankful life. Or we can choose to yield to and listen to and cooperate with our feelings and emotions and follow the path that they lead us down and be overcome and be yoked up with the enemy, the kingdom of darkness, with this yoke of iron about our neck. See, the choice is ours. Remember Cain and Abel? Remember what Cain decided to do? Let his feelings of anger, rejection, jealousy to control his behavior. And as a result, he killed his brother. As a result, he left in his life a curse that he lived under for the rest of his life. And that was all because he yielded to the wrong emotions. Well, we have a choice to make. It's up to us. 
We can choose to cooperate with God or we can cooperate with our feelings and emotions. Now that's a challenge, isn't it? Because you know, we're told in Psalm 131, we need weaned from our emotional feelings. Weaning is not a fun process. Ask any baby. It's not a fun process because they feel secure, they feel safe, they feel protected, nourished and provided for while nursing. But then when you begin to wean the child, they get upset, they get frustrated. They don't have those feelings and emotions of security and protection and nourishment and so on and so forth. So an adjustment has to be made. You know, this is really what this Christian life is all about. If we want to be victorious, we cannot allow our feelings and emotions to exalt themselves above the things of God. The Word of God must be first place. And he says, look, live a joyful life or serve your enemy. Take your pick. What would you choose? And the rest of you? <laughs> look at a book of Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. First three verses. The Spirit of the Lord our God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. I want you to notice the expression, the garment of praise. God has provided for us a garment of praise. For what? The spirit of heaviness. As we go through this life, we know we'll be challenged by a spirit of heaviness. We know every single day of our lives we can expose to all kinds of attacks that come by the enemy to try to get us to feel down and to feel overcome and overwhelmed and frustrated and so on and so forth. And you know what? We can actually think that we need to respond to how our feelings are dictating to us. But we don't. He says you've got the garment of praise. A garment is something that you wear. And he speaks as this praise as being a garment to clothe ourselves with to do what? To drive away and to drive off this spirit, this spirit of darkness of heaviness. Now, when this heaviness is in control of our lives, what does it do? It exalts itself above the greatness of our God, and it makes itself to be bigger than the God that we serve. And you know what? At that moment, it seems that way. But when you and I praise God in the midst of the circumstance or the adversity, what does it do? It exalts God, our creator and father, far above the circumstance or the heaviness and it dispels the darkness and enables him to do everything that he wants to do for us in this life. So it's important that we understand that God is saying to cooperate with me, you've got to put your feelings and emotions under and you've got to allow the joy of the Lord to be your strength. You've got to put on the garment. You see, we're responsible for what we put on. Our clothing identify us. I walked into Subway this past week, and it was on my day off. And when I walked in, the person there looked at me and said, where's your suit? <laughs> I said, in the closet where it belongs. 
I didn't recognize you without your suit. Okay, our clothes identify us. You can tell when someone's down and dejected. You can tell when someone is disheartened and they're overwhelmed and overcome and frustrated and anxious and put under. You can see oppression just residing on people. It's almost as if they are clothed with that. Well, he says, I've got something bigger for you. It's not based on how you feel. It's not based on your circumstances. Your joy is in the Lord and the power of his might. It's not in yourself. It's not in your feelings. It's not in your emotions. It is in the Lord and the power of his might. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So he wants us to cooperate with him and start clothing ourselves with the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness to dispel the darkness and make a highway for God to move and do the things he wants to do for us in this life. But if we walk around with our heads down, what a billboard advertising for God is that. Come and serve the Lord with me and you too will have your head hung low. And you too can be oppressed, depressed, sad, and overcome and overwhelmed by a spirit of heaviness because you see, Christians can't have any fun. Or you can say, praise God Almighty, he put a song in my heart, he put a spring in my step. It doesn't matter how hot it is, how humid it is, how cold it is, how cold it's not. It does not matter whether it's raining or snowing or sunshining or whatever. He's the same always, yesterday, today, forever and always, and so am I because I'm in him, in him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. So what I have on the inside of me can't change. Oh, my feelings can change, my emotions can change, my circumstances can change. All this outward stuff can change, but he can't change, and neither can I on the inside. Praise God. So let's look at some scriptures about praise and psalms, and that's what, what I want to do tonight. Remember, it's the book of psalms, but it's really the book of praise. It was their hymnal that they used. So number one, in Psalm 150 through one, all six verses, it is an act of obedience. Let's cooperate with God by obeying him. This is not a suggestion. This is a command. Praise ye the Lord. I can turn that around a little bit and just say, you praise the Lord. I should praise the Lord. It's a command. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in a firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the cymbal and dance. Praise him with the string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals and praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything, in case anyone feels left out, and everyone that hath breath, praise Ye praise the Lord, then praise ye the Lord. He begins with praise ye the Lord, and he ends with praise ye the Lord. He's commanding us to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord in your situation. Praise the Lord in your circumstance. Praise the Lord for the victory before you ever see it. Praise him that the mountain's gone even though you don't see it gone. Praise him that the money's come in even though you don't see it yet. Praise him that you're healed and you're made whole even though you don't see it manifesting in the natural world yet. You praise him that you've got the victory. His right arm and strong hand has gotten me the victory. I'm going to praise him, praise God, no matter what I see. Number two, we praise him because it is a good thing. Look at Psalm 147 and then Psalm 92. Praise ye the Lord. Why? It's a good thing. It's good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant. 
or pleasing and praise is comely or beautiful to God. Think about that. It's a good thing. Would you rather do a good thing or a bad thing? If praise is a good thing, complaining is a bad thing. He wants us to praise him for his goodness. And to him, it's pleasant. It is pleasing. Honestly, when he hears us praising him before we see any answer, it blesses him so much. Why does it bless him so much? Because he knows we believe in his integrity. That's why. It reveals that to him. Look at the third one. Number three, ushers in God's presence. Now, we can just imagine God just moving across the planet, right? He's looking for housing. He's looking for a place to stay. Well, what does he inhabit? Psalm 22 and verse 3. He inhabits the praises of his people. He is just moving across the earth. He's moving through every valley, every mountaintop. And what is he listening for? Praise. Oh, I found me a place to stay. I'm going to stay here tonight. Do you hear that praise? I'm going to stay here tonight. He inhabits the praises of Israel. He inhabits the praises of his people. And when you and I praise him, we're like saying, you can come here and stay with me, Lord. We'll put up housing for you for tonight. Just come on here and visit with me. Amen. Look at the next one. I love this one. It's the gate of the Lord. It's the gate of the Lord. Psalm 118. Look at verses uh, 19 through 21. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord, which is praise, into which the righteous shall enter, I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. I will praise you because you heard me and you've become my victory. I will praise you because you heard me. I know you heard me. And then look at Isaiah. And once again, these are so wonderful when you put these two together. Violence shall be no more hurt, shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders, but thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart, enter his courts with what? With praise. So what opens up the gate to the walls of salvation? The walls of salvation are open through the gate of praise. And so if we want salvation, if we want his saving strength manifested, we praise our way in. Now, we have recently got two puppies. Mm-hmm. Pray for me. And these are wonderful little puppies. And they love all of us in the family, but they really, really, really love my wife. Because to her, they're her babies. And she gives them all the treats that they want. And she, oh, she spoiled them, spoiled them rotten is what she's done. Well, we put up two gates in our house so that we can kind of gate them off and just keep them in a certain area of our house. And I'm going to give you two powerful, meaningful reasons why we've done that. Okay, reason number one is number one. And reason number two is number two. And for those two reasons, we've got these gates up in our house to keep them there. Now, when my wife walks through the gate and she goes upstairs for some whatever reason and shuts the gate behind her, they come right up to the gate 
put their nose right through the, you know, rail. And what do they do? One whines and the other one barks. But the gate doesn't open. Whining and barking because I'm not budging. And they'll whine and bark and whine and bark and whine and bark until she comes down. Oh, my babies and so on and so forth, right? God's gate doesn't open when we whine. We don't get into the gates, the walls of salvation through the gate of whining, crying out with frustration and anger and woe is unto me. Why is this happening to me? No, 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 no. We want to get into the walls of salvation. We got to get there through the gate of praise. And the gate of praise is when I see what God has done for me in Christ. And I declare that to be true. And I start saying, yes, I know this may be the problem. This may be the mountain. But I'm telling you, I believe God. Father, I'm thanking you in the name of Jesus that you've already given me the victory. So I'm going to praise you for the victory. And the gate opens and we walk through and the walls of salvation are open to every single one of us. Amen. And so that's what that is. Look at this next one, number five. It fulfills our vows before the Lord. Psalm 22, look at verse 25 and 26, and this is for the New Living Translation. I will praise you in the great assembly. Hmm. In the assembly. I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. Notice in the presence of others. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. Hallelujah. So when we've come together like we have for this last half hour, we were praising the Lord, inviting his presence among us, opening up the what? The gates to the walls of salvation and entering in, praise God, to experience his presence, his power, and his glory. He loved it. And we're also paying our vows. We owe it to him. Now, I am more of a reserved individual. I really am. Even at a ball game, I, I'm just kind of watch it. If it's my team is winning or whatever, and they score a touchdown or make a basket or whatever, I'm glad that they did it. But I don't jump off the couch or anything and just go crazy. I don't do that. But I'll tell you what. Someone did something better for us than score a touchdown. Someone did something more for us than make a basket. Someone did more for us than just make a goal. Someone that we all know, praise God, rose up victorious over death, over hell, and over the grave. And if that doesn't get you to shout, and if that doesn't get you to jumping, then we need a new, a new shouter and a new jumper and, and just start reevaluating re who we are on the inside because when he came in, he gave you... Joy, unspeakable, full of glory. And we should express it. And I've watched some of these fanatics that go really crazy, you know, over things that happen. Like, have you ever watched a soccer match? I mean, this, goes, this, this thing can go on for 45 minutes and there's not even a score. Someone scores and everybody comes unglued. The place goes crazy. The one that scores, it goes running across the field and on his knees and just like a sled, like he's on a sled or something like that. People go berserk up in the stands. People have lost their lives. They've gone so crazy up there in those stands. There were so many people collapsing the, you know, the stands and all that over a score. Wonderful. I'm glad you made it. 
But when it comes to Jesus, it seems like people think you're a fanatic if you just shout a little bit. Trust me, he did more than make a goal. Look at Psalm 56, 12 and 13 from the New Living Translation as well. I will fulfill my vows to you, O God, and will offer a sacrifice of thanks for your help. Can you say amen, somebody? For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence, O God, in your life-giving light. Whew. That doesn't make you want to shout? Glory be to God. Next one, number six, to awaken the dawn. To awaken the dawn. Psalm 108, Amplified Bible. Oh God, my heart is fixed. Steadfast in the confidence of faith. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises even with my glory. I love this. All the faculties and powers of one created in your image. Everything that I possess, all that is within me, he's saying, awake, harp, and lyre. I myself will wake very early. I will waken the dawn. I will praise and give thanks to you. O Lord, among the peoples, and I will sing praises unto you among the nations. What is he saying? I will rise up and wake up the dawn. They will hear my voice. They will hear my instruments of music. They will hear me praise you first thing in the morning. And most importantly, the devil will hear you and say, oh, he's up again. Oh, she's up again. Stop it. I can't stand it. He can't stand to hear you praise God. He likes you to get out of bed and just say, oh, Arthur's here again. You know, arthritis and, and, uh, and everything else is here again and this ache and this pain and woe is unto me and all that playing right into his hands. I'm not saying you don't hurt. I'm not saying it doesn't feel well. I'm not saying you can't see that thing in your body and et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? When we start realizing and learning the fact that he's already made provision for everything that we need and we start accepting that as reality and truth and rise, it, raise it up above how we feel and how we think and we start saying, it doesn't matter how I feel this morning. I'm going to wake up the dawn and shout the praise of Almighty God because you've set me free. You've delivered me. You've made me whole. Feelings and emotions, I'm sorry, take a back seat. Can you say amen? amen. Next, with the whole heart. Look at Psalm 9. With the whole heart. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. Every chamber of my heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O Most High. Hallelujah. So I'm going to awaken the dawn. I'm going to sing the praise of God. It's going to come out of my heart. Because you see, it's not your feelings. It's not your emotions. It's not how we think. It's not our circumstances. Our circum if we're waiting for our circumstances to be as such so that we can praise the Lord, those are few and far between. But you know what? If we'll just make a habit of putting on the garment of praise every day as an act of faith for what he's already done for us, praise God, we'll see things change. Notice this one, the voice of victory. Mm. You ready for this one? You got your seatbelt on. You ready to go? Let's look at it. Psalm 47, verse 1, and then verses 5 and 6. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph or victory. Verse 5. God is gone up with a shout 
the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our King. Sing praises. What's he telling us? God goes up in a shout. And when the people of God are stirred from within and on the inside, there's a bubbling that's rising up in your soul. And the bubbling is coming not from your feelings and not from your emotions and not from your circumstances and not from situations externally. But coming from an in-depth revelation and understanding of the goodness and the greatness of the God that you and I serve on the inside. And then you begin to see it. You see, you see it. And when you see it, it starts in your toes. And then see it, and it crawls up your legs. And you see it, and it hits your belly. And then from your belly, it just begins to rise up through your esophagus. And it gets right into your mouth. And all of a sudden, you shout out the praise of God, which is the praise of victory. And what does he do? He inhabits the praises of his people. You're in the water of salvation and he shows himself strong on our behalf oh glory be to God I'm ready to shout right now don't about you well why should we shout give us a good reason to shout because in Jesus Christ our Lord we have victory over Satan we have victory over sin we have victory over spiritual death we have victory over sickness and disease and demons and evil spirits and powers of darkness and anything you could name that comes from the realms of darkness when it comes to our finances when it comes to our help when it comes to anything and everything we've already got victory over it all and all we've got to do is get a revelation of it and then what's left to do is shout you see the devil's burden is heavy and hard but Jesus's yoke is easy and light all we have to do is shout that's it our part is so easy that it's hard we can say it's simple, but hard. Shout. We got to get a revelation of it. The battle's been won. The victory is ours. How many times do we see in Scripture when Jehoshaphat, he sent out the praisers? Did he not? All that they had to do was praise. And when they said the Lord is good, his mercies endure forever, the enemy was confounded. It confused the enemy. You know why he's confused? Because he's trying to get you confused. He's trying to get me discouraged, frustrated, upset, angry, downtrodden, disheartened, discouraged, forlorn. Just that you, you can name anything you want, any adjective you want to describe. And he, he knows the feelings that are there because he's putting them there. And then you start shouting and praising God. He's confused. Can understand it. We shouldn't be doing that. But we are. But we are. And let me tell you something else. It makes a highway for God to move. It makes a highway for God to move. You know, when we do what they did, Jehoshaphat sent out the praises. They began to praise God. And what happened? The enemy was confounded and they got victory. Then you think of Paul and Silas when they were in prison and did the same thing. There was no reason in the natural for them to sing praises to God. None whatsoever. But they knew something. They had some insight Inside their hearts, they knew the God that we serve is bigger than what we're going through right now. They could have complained. They could have cried out. They could have whined. They could have said, we're just so overwhelmed, so, so miserable in this inner prison. The way we're 
tied up and chained up and these fetters and chains and all that and how they, how they would put them in there, their legs spread apart so they were so uncomfortable, their arms so spread apart, very uncomfortable, in the dark place, in the dungeon, in the middle of it all, with all the disgust that's in there. And yet, there they are. What a challenge for all of us. Think about that. What a challenge for all of us. In the comforts that we enjoy in this life, we don't do half of what they did in that place that they were in. We never had our backs split open and bleeding like they were, facing possible execution the next day in that inner prison, in that awful place of darkness. And what do they do? They prayed, and they sang praises so loud that all the prisoners heard them. They were not quiet about it. Think about it. In that place, if they can shout, how much more? How much more should we voice our praise to God, no matter how reserved we are? Now, this next one will kind of dovetail with this. Do you have happy or sad lips? Are your lips happy or sad? Evaluate them. Look at Psalm 71. I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even thy truth, O my God. Unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou holy one of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul, which thou hast redeemed, my tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt. What a powerful text. My lips will praise you why? Because of your truth. Your truth in my life is exalted above what I'm going through right now. And all those that are coming against me that have a different idea, who want to destroy me, as far as I'm concerned, you're greater than they are. So I'm going to focus on your truth and I'm going to praise you with joyful lips. I'm going to lift up my voice on high. I'm going to express my faith through praise. Next, how often? Here's uh, one idea. Look at the number 10, Psalm 119, 164. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Seven times a day. But Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So here we have an understanding that God is wanting us to develop an attitude of gratitude and praise and thanksgiving that is not based on our feelings and emotions. It's not based on how we feel at the moment. It's not based on anger means I've got to give in to anger and, and sin. No, be angry and sin not, the Bible says. Anger may come and knock on our door. Jealousy may come and knock on our door. Selfishness, pride, arrogance, all these things hurt being disheartened, dismayed, discouraged, etc., etc., come against us. And they will come against us. But they, we don't have to act upon those feelings and those emotions. And the only way we're going to get weaned from them is to realize when they come, this is another opportunity for me to do what Jesus taught his half-brother James, who said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The word 
count it all joy. The word count is an army command. Command. Command it to be joy. Command joy to rise up. Oh, he said to his soul, David, that is, said to his soul, why are you cast down? Why are you downtrodden? Why are you fallen? Why is my countenance down and fallen? Start speaking to it. Start giving it a command. It is not your servant. I mean, it's not, you're not to serve it. It's not your master. It's your servant. It's you and me. We're in charge, not our feelings and emotions. And we're to tell them. I may not feel that way, but as far as I'm concerned, feelings line up with the Word of God, line up with the truth of God. You line up with what God said. I will praise God for the victory no matter how you feel. You may feel as though you never forgave someone because the feelings surface and rise up all the time. But you know what? You really did from your heart because it's, it's a decision. It's not a feeling. But the enemy will try to get us to feel like we did not forgive that person. We can't go by our feelings. You can have feelings of guilt, feelings of condemnation, feelings of inferiority and sin consciousness and so on, condemnation. We can all have those feelings, right? And do they not want to dominate our lives? Do they not want to dictate to our lives? Sure they do. But you know what our responsibility is? Find out what God says in His Word and put those feelings where they belong, in their rightful place, beneath the revelation of the Word of God. I forgive because I've been forgiven and I made a decision not based on how I feel. I will love no matter what. If someone loves me or not, it's not based on that. It's something that I decide to do because the love of God is shed abroad in my heart and I can love as He loved me. Even love our enemies because... He loved me. I can forgive because I've been forgiven. I can show mercy because I've been shown mercy. You see, when we have a revelation of truth, then we can rise up above our feelings and emotions and say, mm -mm, you will not dictate to my life. There was a time before I got saved, I didn't know you can control anger. I thought when you got angry, you had to act out your anger. But that's not what the Word teaches us. Our feelings and emotions do not need to dictate to or control our lives. Praise God, the one on the inside is greater than he that is in this world. And we can rise up above our feelings and emotions and we can praise God no matter how we feel. Can you say amen? amen. So seven times a day. To stay alive, you'll love this one. Look at Psalm 119, uh, once again in, in verse 175. Let my soul live. This is a request, and it shall praise thee. He's bargaining right now. Are you getting this? Let my soul live, and it will praise thee, and let thy judgments help me. Hallelujah. So he's saying, if you let me live, Lord, I'm going to praise you. If I don't, you're going to lose a praiser. You're going to lose some pleasant noise in your ears. You're going to lose someone that rises up in the morning and says, This is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And what you're going to hear is, This is another yucky Monday, and it's a blue Monday, and I can't stand it. I don't like my job. I don't like what... That's what you're going to hear all the day long. But if you let me live, Lord, I'm going to say hallelujah. The greater one lives in me. I'm going to exalt your name on high. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to praise you with joyful lips. Hallelujah. You won't hear any whining, crying, and complaining from me. I'm going to shout the praise of Almighty God with a voice of triumph. I will lift up my voice and magnify your holy name. Because, look at the next one. In Psalm 6, verse 5. For in death there is no remembrance of thee in the grave who's going to give you thanks. When the physical body goes back to the dust of the earth, it's not going to praise you. 
So let me keep my physical body for a little while longer. And boy, watch out. I am going to praise you. In the morning, praise you. In the noontime, praise you. When the sun goes down, seven times a day will I praise you. Praise God. You're going to hear my voice. You're going to get so tired of hearing my voice on high in the throne. Praise God. If you let me live, Lord, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to keep my vow. Hallelujah. I am not going to complain. I just, uh, online, I saw this testimony of a young girl. A young girl, 18 or something like that. And, and she just died. She died, uh, at a friend's house, and the parents got a call that your, your daughter's, she, she died, she's turning blue, and, and all that, and they tried to, you know, revive her at the time, they called for the paramedics, and they came, and the girl had a, an experience where she went to heaven, and talking to the Lord, and then an angel was kind of with her, and I think she was gone for about a half an hour, the doctors were concerned that there was no blood flow and there was you know, no oxygen in the brain and et cetera, et cetera. She would have brain damage and she would be like a vegetable and all that. But she got to the point where she said that um, Jesus said to me, here's your choice. You can stay here or go there. And then she saw her mother. She saw her friends. She saw all the doctors. She saw the people around her and all that. She said it was a hard choice. I wanted to stay there. But I also wanted to see my family. And I'm a young person. So she said, Lord, I'm going to go back there and be with them. Came back into her body to their surprise. And of course, no brain damage. Able to talk and communicate, share her testimony, share what she saw about heaven and all that. See, the thing is, when you leave, that body goes back to the dust of the earth and that body's not going to be here for you to inhabit and to live in to give your praises to Almighty God. She wanted to live longer on this earth. And here's what she said. It changed me forever. Because when I was standing in the presence of Jesus, and he looked at me and said, why did you do those things? She said, oh, I'm so sorry, Lord. I've been selfish, living for myself, doing what I want to do, and not even thinking about you. Forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And now she said, it changed me from the inside out. It changed my whole perspective on life. It changed me as far as how I see my behavior, my conduct, my character, my attitude, and all that. You know, if everybody had that kind of an experience, it would change you forever. So, this is real. The physical body as much as it rebels against us in spirit, as much as it wants to do its own thing, it's got to be put in its place. There's a warfare between our flesh and spirit. And this flesh does not want to serve God. But the spirit does. The flesh is weak. The spirit is willing. Paul said he had a problem with his flesh. He had to beat it up and get it under control. He had to speak to it, dictate to it, and just say, uh-uh. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So in other words, he had to speak to himself, his mind, will, emotions, and intellect. See, it's, it's a battle that we're in. It's a warfare that we're in. And where is it? Right here in the battlefield of the mind. With our feelings, with our emotions. They want to dictate to our lives and rise up above the truths of God's word. We can't let that happen. Look at the next one. Mm, I love this psalm, and I pray you love it as well as I do as we read this 
Look at this psalm in Psalm 148. We're talking about the power of praise and cooperating with God by praising Him in the midst of adversity and circumstances that contradict His will for our lives so that we can allow Him to have a highway to move in our lives, to manifest Himself and His, His will for our lives. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. We can't even define what that means. We have no revelation of the heavens and the heights. Praise ye Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Then he moves down. Praise ye him, sun, moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. The sun, the moon, all the many stars he has named and called by name. He calls upon them to praise him. Praise him, ye heaven of heavens. And ye waters that be above the heavens. Again, we can't wrap our brains around that. We don't know what's out there, what's going on. All we know, he's a great, creative, mighty God. But he's calling all his acts of creation to praise him, whether they be in the first atmospheric heavens or above the atmospheric heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Why? For he commanded and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. So praise the Lord now on the earth, ye dragons and all deeps, fire, hail, snow, even vapor. Think about it. Vapor is called to praise the Lord. When you look at a pot boiling water and you see the vapor go up, Think about it. Everything, every created thing, all that, everything that exists, there's a reason for vapor. It's told to praise the Lord. Stormy wind fulfilling his word. Mountains, majestic mountains, Mount Everett and all the mountains, the Rocky Mountains and whatever. Praise the Lord. All hills. Fruitful trees, the pear tree, the cherry tree, the apple tree. Think about it. The plum tree, the peach tree, all the trees of the earth are called upon to do what? To praise the Lord. Fruitful trees, all cedars, beasts, all cattle, creeping things, flying fowl. Kings of the earth, people, all people, princes, judges of the earth, both young men, maidens, old men, children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalts the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything has been commanded to. Everything has been called upon to. To do what? Praise him with the revelation of who he is. Of what he has done. Of his creative powers and abilities. Beloved, I believe that praise is contagious. I believe that praise is our faith made vocal. Because when you praise him for doing something that you do not see done, you are vocalizing your faith in God. You are praising him for the victory even though you don't see it. Wearing the garment of praise, hallelujah, about us, it really gives us the best perspective of what life is all about. I'm going to praise him in the morning. I'm going to praise him in the new time. I'm going to praise him when the sun goes down. And you know what? Even in the harder places, all the more reason I should praise him. When they told me my son was going to die, you better get back to the hospital. You better get here now. One o'clock in the morning, I'm driving back to Children's Hospital. The Spirit of the Lord fell upon me, and I began to sing. You wouldn't want to hear it, but God did. I began to sing. I began to shout. I should have been down and out. I was exhausted and weary from being there all day for three days in a row. Finally got home into my own bed and get the phone call and go back. 
get into the car. My feelings didn't want to do anything but go to sleep. But praise God, I got in that. And when I hit that car and I just began to drive down the highway, the Spirit of God that fell upon me, I am shouting, I am singing, I am praising, I am magnifying God so loud in that car. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He will live and not die. He will glorify you. He'll do the works of the Lord upon this earth. Hallelujah to the King of glory. I'm telling you, all the way there. And then they said, oh, he's okay. Glory be to God. Because we enter the walls of salvation through the gates of praise. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? That's going to be a revelation at some point to someone. The light bulb's going to go on. You're going to say, wait a minute. The walls of salvation through the gates of praise? Exactly. All we've got to do is praise him for what he's done. And the gates open to the walls of salvation. I believe it keeps us in better health because a merry heart does good like a medicine. Proverbs 17, 22. A merry heart does good like what? Like a medicine. And then also, if you can understand this, this will bless you. It makes you easier to live with. It makes me easier to live with. Mm-hmm. Right? Wouldn't you rather live with someone that praises God all the time? Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together before the Lord.